What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks, where each episode I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I believe this is episode number eight, and I am your host, Sherrod Schuler. I'm so glad to be back with you. You know, um, over the last few weeks, we have taken a, a quick, brief uh, pause for a moment as we collect ourselves during this time. You know, it, we could have thrown out many podcasts during this time, but we wanted to pause for a moment and to make sure that we provide something that is relevant for our listeners and those who have subscribed and those who have been following on, but now we're back at it. You know, over the last few weeks, a lot has been going on. We've had a lot of downtime. And as we are getting settled into this time of what some are calling quarantine, lockdown, shelter in place, whatever uh, verbiage that your area is calling it, we are in a place where we have opportunity uh, for those of us, um, you know, if you're not necessarily fighting directly with the uh, coronavirus, if you have opportunity now to do some of the things that you have put off. And one of the things that many people always say, including myself, um, you know, if I had the time, I would do what? I would write a book. And others of us have said, you know, if I get the opportunity to adjust, I can get my business started. Those are some recurring themes that many people say often, but not given the time or the opportunity, many times we put it off. Now, I'm not here to pass any judgment on if you've put off the book, because again, I'm with you on that, right? Or if you've put off starting the business, I'm with you on that as well. The truth of the matter is we have a moment in time for many of us to do so. And for those of you who have that opportunity, let's do that. And so I had an opportunity to sit down with, um, a very dear friend, mentor, coach, all the above, um, Vicki Gould. She's a book coach. And um, we recorded this uh, podcast so, uh, probably early March. I'm not sure the exact time frame, but we recorded it and we were going to get it out to you right away. But then we had the outbreak of the uh, pandemic. And I thought to myself, let's pause for a moment before we release this particular podcast um, and really address what was going on. And so we had an opportunity to share with you uh, right when we were uh, in uh, Puerto Rico a few weeks ago, a few uh, several weeks ago, we were in Puerto Rico. We had a chance to sit down with a leader um, and discuss leadership during crisis and talk about things that were happening there in Puerto Rico. And so if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to the episode, go back and listen. Um, It's a great episode um, with Pastor Jose Mendez. But today, as I uh, reflect and and release this particular podcast, I think the timing is just right. Like I just mentioned earlier, many of us have been putting off that book, whatever it is that you've put off. It could have been any of those projects. But for those of you who are inspiring to write the book, which I believe many people are going to in, uh, put out their books this year and really going to get that book written um, and or that's business started. This is the episode for you. We talked to Vicki Gould and let me tell you, this was a, a fun interview. It was a fun interview, an exciting interview. We had a good time, but not only did we have a good time, there was a lot of good information that she shared. She's an amazing 
and I don't say this just to be saying it. She's a phenomenal person. And and when we talk about the grind, she has the grind. She has this little will in her that no matter what comes her way, she can figure things out, get adjust and make uh, the necessary adjustments uh, to 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 pivot. And so that's the, the, the word I want to use for today. The word is pivot. This particular episode is for inspiring um, book writers or anybody who's thought about writing or producing something, right? Or entrepreneurs. You know, she talks a segment about her uh, many careers that she had, her many uh, business endeavors, but also her experience from her dad. I love it when she shares about how he went into entrepreneurship. I think we can learn a lot during this time. I think a lot of us are going to face some, some of those things right now in this time of uncertainty is a great time to write a book. Many of us may go back to uh, careers that may look a little different and we may be forced, as we say it, I say that uh, very cautiously, we may be forced to go into entrepreneurship. And so this episode is for you. So, um, and in fact, she's the very first female, (laughs) a woman to join this episode. So we're excited about that. So without further ado, let's get into this episode, episode number eight with my very good friend, my mentor, my coach, Vicki Gould. Let's hit it. All right. Well, welcome back to Behind the Grind. I'm so excited. I have a new guest in the grind chair for the very first time, the very first woman on Behind the Grind. Let me introduce Vicki Gould. Yay! I can't believe you have not had a woman it's, on okay, yet. Okay, now don't 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 go at me right out, out the know. gate. <laughs> Girl. Right out the gate, but yes, you are the very first woman. I'm so honored, thank you. You are, you have broke the ceiling, whatever they want to call it. You, you've pierced through and the you glass know, ceiling, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and you've made it on behind the grind. You're going to make ways for so many more women that come yes, to the grind. For seat. sure, you need more women. So you got to hold it There's down. Too much testosterone <laughs> going on in here. So you got to hold it down today. So it yeah. depends on this how this interview goes. No, I'm teasing. I'm very teasing. <laughs> Welcome, Vicky. Thank you. Thanks Welcome to me. Behind the Grind. Wow. So, you know, obviously, I, I, I asked you to come on Behind the Grind because I'm, you know, I've always, since the, our very first encounter, I have seen the grind. Now, I'm calling it the grind, but I see what you put into what you do, all the areas that you do. I mean, every level, you go at it, and you go at it hard. I do. And so let's, I mean, a lot of people don't know who you are, so yeah. if you want to share and, and introduce yourself and tell a little bit about yourself, it would sure, be great. Sure, sure. Thanks. So <laughs> I'm Vicki Gould, and I am a storytelling, marketing, and book coach. Nice. So as a result of working with me, my clients become best-selling authors. Ah, yes. Who are able to grow their <laughs> You know, I only had a couple, you know. <laughs> um, they write their books so they can grow a following, yes. um, create worldwide impact, leave a legacy, and turn their readers into clients while they sleep. So awesome. Like, how did you get into that? Like, how did you get into this world of helping other people? I'm sure you were trying to write books. Did that did that bleed into this? Or? Yeah, so it's interesting because I say that becoming a book coach kind of found me. Oh, okay. It wasn't anything that I set out to do. Right. I wasn't like, yay, I need to go do this. <laughs> I have a degree in actuarial math. Huh? I wanted to go to art school, and I'm a master herbalist. Okay. So, like, none of that lines up with book coach. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, so how did you get to this point of book coaching? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, back in 2009, I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. Right. And during that time, the doctor said to me, you know what, Vicki, you, your body's out of an 80-year-old, mm. and you're just going to have to suck it up. This is the rest of your life. Really? And I remember thinking, 
is he for real? Yeah. Like, is this really how it's going to go? Because I wasn't even 40 yet. Oh, wow. And I thought, you know, I'm spending 16 to 18 hours a day in bed. I felt like a loser mom. Mm. Couldn't even clean the bathroom fully. You know, clean the toilets and I'm done, right? <laughs> um, chop the things for dinner and then I'm done. I couldn't finish anything. I couldn't go to my kids' um events and things like that and my little guy would come up to me you know he's oh, a little chubby little cheeks he was right. like seven um and he'd be like mama can you go to my school party oh. and i'm like baby i'm really sorry i can't and he'd crawl up in bed with me and snuggle and whatever and i remember thinking gosh you know is he ever going to really know how much i wanted to go wow. right how much it hurt my heart but those doctor's words kept coming to me mm. and i kept saying you know what vicky you need to accept this you need to accept this and mm. you know me mm-hmm. i don't accept nothing <laughs> You gotta tell me something. I'm going. Yeah, rebel, rebel, <laughs> rebel alert. But you know, really, three and a half years passed that way. Okay. One thousand one hundred seventy-six days. That from sun up to sundown, Lyme right. disease is like a conglomerate of things all together. I was no. misdiagnosed with lupus. It's kind of like MS, Alzheimer's, dementia. I was diagnosed with cognitive disorder, fibro, wow. chronic, chronic. Um, uh, <laughs> I can't even think of it. <laughs> chronic fatigue. Oh, chronic fatigue. Yes. Okay. And word aphasia. Um, <laughs> and all of those things. Like, and I, I remember thinking, is this really how the rest of my life is mm, going to turn out? Right. And I started to really read other books, other stories about people who had overcome Crohn's mm. and cancer and things mm. like that. I was, well, wait a minute. Right. Something doesn't jive. Right. Your doctors told them, give it up. And they this got... is how it's going to be for the rest of your life. You need to suck it up, accept it. Just right. like mine did. Right. But somehow they changed that. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I can do that too. Right. 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 So wow. I started reading those things and going into like herbs and alternative modalities because I'm really not. A pharma person okay and they did put me on high doses of antibiotics and that okay. just about killed me in itself okay so i did that i became a master herbalist okay and in the meantime wrote a couple books okay um and people started to come to me for different things and eventually it turned into this whole book coaching thing because ah. i realized that with the stories i read it gave me hope it gave mm. me inspiration it gave me motivation mm-hmm. i was spending my nights crying on the bathroom floor mm. while my husband slept because i didn't want him to know how desperate and depressed I was that I was really suicidal and I didn't want him to know. So I hid all those things from him. And so it was these stories that gave me that inspiration and hope to finally get better and say, you know what? I want to meet my grandchildren one day. I want to play with them on the floor. Wow. Not just meet. Right. I, I want right. to be able you to go be to Disney World. <laughs> like, toss a ball, you know, right. that type of thing. And that's how that all happened. And okay. then people started saying, you know what? Can you help me with my book? I got you. And so that but kinda... it was their stories that inspired me. And that's why, you know, it's so important. I believe it's so important because... People feel so alone these days, right? Right, and mm-hmm. whatever they're going through, for some reason we think we're the only ones going through it, right? And when you find somebody else who's been there, and, and you can relate overcome, to their story, yeah, right. And so that's why all of the, the people that I help, they are very heart-centered entrepreneurs, right? They're always like, oh, if my book can just help that one yeah. person, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we're gonna take a stand for the and. It's gonna be one person and thousands right. of millions across the world. So you don't let them start with that just one person, right? right? You, right. you realize you can write it's to more. that one person. <laughs> I can think about that one right. person, but there are so many people's lives that we can touch if we just put our words into these books. Okay, their legacy—they're going to stay here forever. I mean, you think about all those books that you know the authors have right. since passed. We're still reading them. Right. So let's talk about that. You know, and it, it sounds like there's a variety of people that come to you th- that want to write, but I'm sure like some of them. They may feel, though they're not a great writer, or oh, yeah. they may feel like um, they may not have a story. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, how do you help them either 
develop that story per se? How do you help them have the confidence to write? Mm -hmm. In some cases, maybe they have a lot of stories. How do you help, you know, bring it together? (laughs) All of the above, (laughs) right? So let's tackle those one at a time. Hope I remember them all. Okay. So the one about um, not being a good writer. Okay, yeah. I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. Right. Um, Now... We want our books to sound like us. Right. We want them to be conversational. I think the world has really changed from being so formal, mm-hmm. right, in our mm-hmm. writing, especially with texting. Like, I forgot almost all my grammar rules because of I texting. I know. It's like uh, <laughs> another way to write, right? <laughs> yeah. And sadly, I've heard that, like, the kids graduating from college, their resumes look like text messages. I can and only imagine. they have to be corrected. <laughs> but anyways, um, it's, it's actually not bad mm-hmm. that you don't write well okay because sometimes when you write too well you sound a little too formal okay right because it's not a okay. thesis paper right it's not a graduate degree right thing. it's a story just like you and i sitting here talking right and you also don't want when somebody meets you mm-hmm. to be like oh yeah i read your book but uh you don't sound like you nothing like, like you right it doesn't match yeah, right, right. In, in marketing anytime somebody's confused or there's a disconnect they've checked out and they're right. like ah, i don't believe you anymore right and i'm not interested in what you're offering <laughs> so that's the one thing with not being a good writer i actually embrace not being a good writer okay and that's what editors are for okay. like if you got run-on sentences we'll just fix that <laughs> it's fixable right, right? <laughs> <Totally> fixable. <laughs> um having multiple stories and not knowing which one right well there are a couple different um stories that are really important inside the book okay so I have five S's that we include in the book ah. one of them is stories and okay. there are two types of stories okay one is your why story ah. because people buy your why okay right? what, do you, what do you mean by that? elaborate so this that. is the reason why you do what you do ah. kind of like what you asked me what's okay. the story behind how I became a book coach yeah. now people are, can relate to me a little bit better right. about why this is important to me right. and it might be more convincing mm. than me saying, you know what, I got this awesome structure and I'm going to save you time <laughs> and I'm going to get you the best seller. Right. Like those are surface things. Mm. People really want to know about the person behind the business. Mm. People buy the why, people buy experiences. And this is also why so we true. write books that are experiences. That's true. It's not just a good read. It's not just a brain dump. We want it to be an experience. I want to feel like I know the person. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly. going to help me. I know you're going to help me, but I want to feel like there's something about what you're saying it, you know, we connect in yeah. some shape or form, or yeah. I can relate in some shape or form. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So that's good. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like when you're at the movies, and you know, there's good movies and bad movies. Right. And the good movies, you feel like you're right there with right. them. You're in the scene right. with them. That's what you want. Okay. When you're writing a book, you got to put the stories in there. So the why story is really important, and then the other stories that layer in. Okay. With the sizzle, okay. that's the other S, ah, which like is it. the smarts and the secret sauce and all that other stuff okay. that you have. The things that you want to share with the world, the things that you learned. Okay. You layer those together okay. with the other stories, and that creates an experience. Obviously, that's, those aren't those are only two of the S's. There's five. Okay, so you get those us two. two. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's kind of backtrack a little bit. I know we jumped right into it because, again, yeah. I'm excited about it. You're, you're my coach, right? Yeah. You're someone I look up to and admire. But I want to talk a little bit uh, further. Again, you're the first woman onto this. <laughs> on the show but I want to talk about First Asian too probably <laughs> oh yeah actually yeah there you go I get double credit <laughs> double credit that's awesome wow but um so my question is you know for women now um you know there's a lot of there's a there's a strong vibe going out um women entrepreneurs uh, that's happening all over but again mm-hmm. what would you say I don't know what you were doing prior to becoming an entrepreneur mm-hmm. Um, Laying in bed. Well, well, that part, but I, I'm sure there was a career. So let's talk yeah, about yeah. the career before, uh, somewhat, if we can, yeah. and share how uh, you know you led to this place to say, hey, 
entrepreneurship is probably a better fit for me. Yeah, well, that's hmm, that's a two-layered story. <laughs> ah, okay. So one is I wanted to go to art school when okay. I graduated from high school. Okay. My mom said, "No way, Jose! You're gonna be a you know poor pauper on the street. Not happening. Ah, you gotta so that go was your dream. A, yeah, yeah, you gotta you, go get a real degree. Ah, as got if. it." Got it. degree is not. Right? Okay. <laughs> so I said, all right, fine. I'll go and do what I'm supposed to do, dutiful child that I am. Okay. Well, I was a rebel. Anyways, that's another story, too. Okay, we're going to um, get to that story. Oh, yeah, we can get to that story. But um, I, I went and got a degree from University of Michigan in actuarial math. So I went right. from one extreme to right, the other. Right, right. So right? let's talk. Let's, how did we transition Art. from this? I mean, that's logical, a, technical. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's like what is it? Right brain, left brain, yeah, all that. I am full brain. You full brain. I am full brain. <laughs> you gotta, I use the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, so how did you do this? Yeah, you know, it's funny because art is actually very mathematical, and uh, math is very artistic and creative. Interesting. I don't think people really think about. Well, you got to help me because I don't understand yeah, how well, that would. I mean, tie. think about it. In photography, there's a rule of thirds. Hello, uh, thirds, right? graphics design it like you have to balance things as well there's there's a lot going on in art okay i actually wrote a paper in um in college when i did an independent study about bach okay classical composer. i got you okay, okay. i thought you were talking about math no we're not talking about football we're talking about classical music and how mathematical his things were, he had two-part inventions, okay. and they played with each other, and they complemented each other, but they are very mathematical. Right. When you think about chords, mm -hmm. you know, in music, they go in thirds as well. They Like, they have patterns. Everything okay. has patterns. Okay, break it down simple. I'm not very musically inclined. Even though I want to sing and do Everything a lot of things, I'm not musically patterns, inclined. It's all mathematical. Okay. And like, oh my gosh, now we're really getting in the weeds, because <laughs> I'm about to start talking about the Fibonacci sequence. Okay, let's not do that. Let's not do that. That's, that's, not, that's not what the behind the grind is for. <laughs> But but just help me help us yeah. relate how math and and art yeah. goes together. And, and but I really is, want to get back to how your really, career. Really creative okay. in some ways. Like you can solve a mathematical problem in multiple ways. Mm. Sometimes it's visually. Okay. Sometimes it's very analytically. Okay. But then some of the the conclusions that you make mm. in science have to be creative. So it's like creative solutions. You're, yeah. You're, ah, got it. And then when you're building stuff, right. you know, like my son, he he's studying computer engineering oh oh wow and he loves um 3d yeah, design and yeah. he has a 3d printer oh my gosh there's constantly something printing wow. in my house so much plastic <laughs> we go through what's the last thing he printed he actually printed me something for valentine's day i really? wish i would have brought it it was my logo in wow, 3d nice. it was amazing nice. and he pulled it off my website <laughs> and then used his sister's um nail polish to paint it nice <laughs> nice gold speckles in it <laughs> so anyways I, I was telling him i'm like you're very creative no i'm I'm not, I'm very mathematical. Like, okay, is that not manly to be artistic? But they really jive with each other. So okay. anyways, um, after college, okay. I took the only job that I could, okay, which was working for Anderson Consulting, which is now Accenture. Ah. So I coded computers in COBOL. Okay, so That's how old I am, okay? <laughs> if you know how long ago that was, okay. That was back when it mattered if you didn't put a period at the end of your coding. Okay, got it. Now they just drag and drop stuff. <laughs> like, I look at it and go, So they're well, not doing nothing like I, that. I told my son, like, you're getting a computer engineering degree? Well, you just have drag and drop stuff. I actually coded with real words. Real coding. Real lines, real indentations. <laughs> it was none of this, like, fancy stuff that you got now. Like, we did it the old-fashioned way, right? right. So 
I did that for a while, realized that I hated it. Okay. Uh, with a passion. Okay. Became a database manager. Oh, wow. Um, at Rock Financial, which is now Quicken Loans. Wow, you really, are, you're taking this way back. But yes. Yes. yes okay. This was before they were big. Yeah, those rock commercials. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. And then after that, I became a statistician for Comerica Bank. Oh. And I worked in the risk department. So oh, wow. I assessed risk for credit cards, boat loans, personal loans, you know, mortgages. So how did like you that. flip from... Okay, I guess I, I guess that works somewhat together. Huh? Yeah, it was like computers to database analysis and coding, some coding okay. there, to statistical analysis, and I had to learn a new system okay. to pull those numbers Got and it. everything. That's when I had my daughter. So ah. This is where it gets juicy. Okay, let's talk so, about it. So I had my daughter in 1996. Okay. Yeah, she's 23. Oh, Lord. <laughs> she's so happy. I talk about her so much. My kids, poor kids, and husband, I talk about them. So um, in 1996, I had my daughter. I was working at Comerica Bank, okay. and she, I, I took her back to daycare. Well, I took her to daycare, and I went sure. back to work. Sure. And and she immediately got sick. Oh, okay. So she had bronchitis, pneumonia, bronchitis, pneumonia. And okay. after a while, I remember it was probably winter time. So she was born in June, so maybe around nine months ish mm -hmm. time frame. I remember calling my sister and just saying. I can't do this anymore because mm. I would stay up at night rocking her so that she could breathe mm -hmm. and take her to daycare. And you have to have them on antibiotics for a day before you can take them back and you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then as soon as she got better, she'd get sick again. Right. It was craziness. Okay. Um, so I basically said I need to find something that is going to give me more time freedom of ability to work from home. Okay. I actually did convince my boss that I could work from home. And back, oh my gosh, it was Back so then you were able to get yes. that across? <laughs> In the bank, too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You got to tell me how you did that. And, and, oh, my gosh. The way we connected to the computers. Okay. Yeah. You remember this? The... Yeah. That's how we connected. Ah. Um, and somebody had to physically be at my desk and turn on my computer there for me really? so that I could log in from home. <laughs> but after a while, I realized that really wasn't such a fantastic idea. Did you actually idea. have a big desktop at home, too, or did yeah. they give you laptops? Mm -hmm. No, big desktop. Okay, big old mm -hmm. desktop. Yep, okay. big old wow. desktop. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep. And in the divorce, my husband got the desktop. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I gave him the desktop in exchange for the timeshare. I think I got a better deal. Oh, okay. Because the desktop just went down in price. Like, it just depreciated to nothing. But anyways. But he, he won. He got that that's desktop. That's right. He can have that. So long as he felt like he was winning, it worked for me. Um, so <laughs> that's when I was like, I, I got to do something different. I became okay. a stockbroker. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you became a. Let's talk I about told that. You, yeah, you okay. Just opened up the whole thing. Well, you, you, you know, you've had different careers here. Yeah, so, and okay, I always had now. something on side too. Okay, I decorated let's, let's, cakes. I did soaps. Let's... I did art. I did like I did all sorts of things. I had jewelry and galleries across the U.S. While being a stockbroker. Um, uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Wow. After the stockbroker thing, I became a mortgage broker. So that's really when I did the jewelry thing. Okay. So I always tried. I was trying to enter entrepreneurship. Okay. But still feel a safety of, of a corporation. Kind of having a, yeah. I didn't like it. Okay. There was still a boss. Okay. I didn't like it. Okay. So eventually, you know, after the mortgage broker thing, that's that's when I got diagnosed with Lyme and got uh, sick, and then I just really became unemployable. Okay. At that point, I was okay. I had oh, I got wow. disability. Okay. Um, they shut down actually. Mm. Um, they were one of the mortgage companies that went out of business. Okay. 
So that's how that all happened. But the second part of the story is okay. my mom and dad are entrepreneurs. Let's talk. Can we talk briefly about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember you. you I'm here, yeah. <laughs> I remember you talking to your dad. Yes. You know, and and can we just tell the yeah. story? Yeah. He, he actually has been on YouTube with me a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. So he's you guys so go and watch that. He's, yeah. He's like the <laughs> They look grandpa. like twins. He's actually. like the little grandpa on Nihal Kailan. <laughs> little cartoon when that came out i was like dad you're on tv that's you but let's talk about that so you grew up he was how did he even become i I like you to share that he was a reluctant entrepreneur right all right all right but this goes back to my grandpa okay so um what happened was my dad got him uh got laid off right and i was in um high school so Mm -hmm. i was around 15 ish Mm -hmm. and he got laid off and back then we didn't have the internet there was Mm. no monster.com indeed Mm. whatever career whatever there were grocery bags brown paper bags full of letters and resumes going out the door Mm. And it took him a long time to get another job. And what, what type of work was he doing? I'm he's sorry. an engineer. He's an engineer. Okay. Yep, mechanical engineer. He's a PhD. And oh, so wow. he eventually got a job, but it took some time. Okay. And then that company transferred him to Tennessee, where he graduated from right. a very nerdy high school. <laughs> <Okay>. And <laughs> it is. Okay. It was by the Oak Ridge National Labs. Ah, okay. And they always joke that we all glowed in the dark. Because it was by the National Labs, okay. and it's like one of the top ten in the in the U.S. At least it was back in 1989. Okay. So, anyways, see how many tangents we. Well, off no, on? let's stay on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my dad, he got this other job and eventually came back home to my mom and said, "I think they're going to lay me off again." Okay. Yep. And she's like, "Oh crap!" Mm. Right? Okay. I, I made that part up. Mm. But but something like that. something like that. <laughs> And, and she says, this is never going to happen again. We're uh-huh. going to open our own company. And then you will never, ever, ever be at a um, at a point where you think that so you're mom going said to get it. laid off. Okay, so mom stood up and said, hey, yep. we're, we're never going to do this again. Right, and okay. he was like, I got to do that. <laughs> she goes, yes, you can, and you're going <laughs> to. And my mom gets what she wants. Ah. So um, he opened his own company. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until I was probably in, like, my second year of college that they really started um, doing really well. Okay. Because I lost all my financial aid. Uh, <laughs> you're like, something ain't right. Somebody. I'm like, Dad, I know you're not helping me, but you know what? This is your fault, so now you got to chip in some dough. Um, so they became entrepreneurs that way, okay. um, and they are still entrepreneurs. My mom nice. will not let them retire. Nice. He is, um, I say, uh, 78, okay. and she won't let him retire okay. because she's like, well, you know, it's pretty easy now. And, and it's working. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's really in our blood because okay. my, my grandfather, my on my dad's side, okay. he helped found the Taiwanese Stock Exchange, oh, wow. um, and he had a stock brokerage company that he eventually sold. He okay. owned two coal mines, a department oh, wow. store, and some property in Taiwan. Okay. Um, so it's it's kind of in my blood okay. to be an entrepreneur, I okay. guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your mom, too, because I remember yeah. your dad's mentioning about how your mom kind of did a lot So <laughs> in the business. What did, what exactly was her role? <laughs> she will tell you she did everything. <laughs> she and I are kind of alike in some ways, but we really butt heads. But, but hey, as I can see. <laughs> we really do. We, we really do. And, and um, I left my house at 17 because we butt oh. heads so much. Oh, okay. There's so. a story about me jumping out the second story of my window. Okay, well, we're going to say that for the next Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, uh, that one's too long. Um, but... Uh, she she was pretty much the mastermind behind 
making sure that they had contacts. Because if you know anything about government work, and that's mm-hmm. what they did, they did okay. government work, okay. it's all about who you know. Okay. So a little bit of smoozing, you yeah. know, making sure that they um, were delivering, obviously, but that when time came for renewals of contracts, they mm-hmm. were still the the person of choice, the company of choice. Okay. Because, you know, they always have to put the stuff out saying, right. hey, we've got these these contracts coming out. You have to bid for them. So, so was she doing a lot of the negotiation or just kind of setting it? No, I wouldn't say she was doing a lot of the negotiation, okay. but she was making sure what needed to happen okay. happened because my dad's a little more laid back. Right. Okay. I got you. He, he's Mr. <laughs> nice Guy. He's, he's a little more laid back. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Good. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so, so. That was a big round of luck. <laughs> <laughs> Just to come back to, everybody knows you now, right? Yeah, really, now you know all my junk. <laughs> well, so, so kind of tying back to your yeah. parents. Again, like I said, when I met you, you seemed like you go hard in everything yeah. you do. What, what's that drive? You know, this is behind well, you the know, grind. it's kind of what? like an Asian thing, oh, really. It? Do yeah. I have to be Asian to have the grind or no? No, I'm just saying, like, if you grew up Asian, you know about, like, my mom used to say, there is no number except number one. Mm. And, you know, not everybody can be a number one. So it's rough when you're in a class and there's, like, seven Asians right. in the class. I'm like, we all need to be number one or our parents are mad. Yeah, you that's can't true. all be number one. That's true, right? Um, but that's what she used to say. There's okay. no, don't tell me anything unless you're number one. <laughs> Come back until you're number one, right? Right. <laughs> right. So let's talk a little bit. I remember um, reading in your story a little bit. Um, you were talking about how you, you you were, and this is for entrepreneurs because I know we we have a lot of people who are like this who who want to go out and help and say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. What is that like, and, and what was the transition from you? It sounds like you were a person that said yes quite a bit and took maybe took on a lot mm-hmm. in your business. Yep. How do you transition out of that? A lot of us want to help. We want to be there. We want to provide as much as we can, but we can't all the time. Mm-hmm. How, what was your advice? Boundaries. Okay. Boundaries. Say no. <laughs> say no a lot. Okay. Um, how does that work, though, you know? Yeah, you know, before, Especially when you're good at what you do like yourself. You're good at what you do. Yeah, before Lime hit me, I was Superwoman. Every time okay. somebody asked for something, I said yes. I rearranged my schedule. I did everything. I painted walls at church. I did all the art. Yeah. I, I did huge murals at the church. Wow. Um, I did nursery. I taught children's church. Right. Like, I did everything. And you enjoyed it, too. And it's not right, like you right, didn't. Right, right, right. Okay. But I rearranged my schedule. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody wanted something, I'd drop what I was doing and do that. And right. then I'd squeeze that in someplace else. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people say to me, one of the things they say often is, Vicki, oh my gosh, how do you get so much done? Mm-hmm. Part of it is because I'm fast with what I do. <laughs> like, I, I am, like... <laughs> That was a lesson, hard lesson to learn that not everybody does things as quickly or right. learns as quickly as I do. Right. Because then the expectation that I have sometimes for my clients is a little too high. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> part of it is because of how quickly I do things. Part of it is the scheduling of it and making sure that you know what you want and what you don't. Okay. Um, and, and I haven't been perfect with that. Okay. Like, you know, there have been times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just so burnt out mm-hmm. because s- there are times in your business where, yeah, you have to be right because there's a project coming up. Right. There's something, there's a deadline, right. something's happening, something right. big, you right. have a product launch or whatever, you know, that that has to happen. So you're really pushing and, and grinding and hustling and, and right. doing, staying doing up late, working right. the weekends, whatever. Right. Hopefully that's temporary. Right. Right. Um, I think when it becomes the norm is when 
you start getting in danger of that that burnout and you know mm-hmm. doing too much and not being able to handle it. Mm-hmm. But it, it really is, I think, that you you need to know what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to. So help us out a little bit, a little yeah. further. When you said boundaries, at what is there? I mean, because you're right in the beginning, and I'm establishing my business. I probably have to go as hard as I am I mm-hmm. can. Is there ever a point that you know, as a business owner, that I know that I maybe I can balance some of this out is there mm-hmm. is there a point that you know of or um i'm not sure exactly what, you're what i'm for, getting but... at <laughs> really what i'm getting at is i i know there's times where you mm-hmm. you know you may have to take on things that yeah. you know because you're trying to create the demand you know right. you may be new right. into your business right. in any business right mm-hmm. you're not starting off profitable mm-hmm. but then as you continue to grow um, is there something that you can do in your business to change it is there something that you personally can do yeah i mean in the beginning, you have more time than money. All right. So you got to use that time okay. to make the money. Okay. And then once you have the money, then pour it back into the business. Okay. A lot of people want to believe that as you make business, it's going to be all those profits and you can go right. out and buy your next Louis Vuitton purse and whatever. It right. might be a little longer than you think. Okay. Because you need to put that money back into your business. Right. You can't be everything all the time. Um, and you also have to decide how you want your life to look. Okay. Sometimes when you get into the grind too much, uh, is there a, no, there okay. You go, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when you get into the grind too right. much, you lose the vision of what you had for your life. Mm. You became an entrepreneur because you wanted time freedom. You right. wanted passive income. You wanted, you know, multiple streams, of, you know, whatever so it is. You lost the, the, the focus of what you were trying right. to do and have time with family or whatever right. the case may be. Right. right. And I think when you, you look at that, you need to build the rest of your business around that Okay. versus the shiny object syndrome. Oh, mm. that coach does it this way. Let me do it that way. Mm. That coach does it this way. Let me do it that way. Right. You need to figure out for yourself what is enjoyable for you okay. and what's going to work for you as well. Because there, every coach is going to say, well, you know, this is how I ran business. This right. is what works. Right. But it's not true that that's the only way. That's right. And that's sometimes we miss that sometimes. Sometimes we miss the fact that there's multiple ways to do it. Yeah. And you have, like you said, you have to really define really what is what you want right. your business and what right. you want to do and how that to look. So. And define your level of success, yes. too. You know, so a lot of people, they only define success by did you hit six figures? Did mm. you hit multiples? Are you seven figures? Are you like, like that's the only thing, but really. Is that the only is thing? That right. is not the only thing. Right. You want to be able to have the experiences with your family, travel, you know, yeah. whatever, have nice meals, what, whatever it is for you. Go to their school events, you know, stuff like that. Speaking of travel, yeah, I'm switching stuff. It's pretty hard here. You travel quite a bit. You get around. I do get around. <laughs> I like it. How does that happen? You're an entrepreneur, and you know, let's just say, let's just be real. On the outside looking in, it's like, oh, I, I want that type of grind, right? Yeah. How did you, how did you get to, to this place where you're able to travel and, you know, do the things that you want to do? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things as I got better from Lyme, I was like, gosh, am I going to be able to travel? Can oh, that, I travel? So that was Will a I concern. be able to travel yeah. by myself? Mm-hmm. Um, because I have joint problems, muscle mm-hmm. problems, things like that, mm-hmm. and pain issues. So... The first time I went to travel, it was to L.A. I went by myself. Mm. I had my little rolly, you know, and I called my husband. I'm like, I survived. I survived. Um, and I think part of what I wanted to build for myself okay. was the ability to travel inside what I'm doing with my business. So sometimes right. I travel because I speak. Sometimes I travel mm. because I have a mastermind with my coach. Ah. Sometimes I travel because I'm going to an event, you know, just, just different reasons for me to travel. But I really do like getting out because it also makes me pre-plan ah. for the time that I'm gone. Okay. 
so that things are still happening in my business so mm. that I have something to come back to. One of the biggest mistakes I see people do yes. is when they leave for something, everything, everything shuts stops down. and no one can no down. one can work, no like, one can do anything. Hello, what are you gonna come <laughs> home to? Then you lose your momentum and then you get home and you're like, Oh crap, I got nothing set up or mm. whatever. I went to Hawaii, I came back to seven strategy calls. Oh wow. Because I got stuff running in the background and things yeah. are still going out. For people it. to to sign up, I love it. You don't I turn it off just because you went out of town. <laughs> but I, when you're out, if you're actually doing a vacation, do you do you actually unplug for a moment, or do you still are you still grinding? When I'm on vacation with the family, like when you're really vacation, it depends. Uh-huh. You know, I really love my business, okay. and I think about it all the time. Okay. Crazy so, all the time. Yeah. Um, and then I came up with these, especially when you're relaxed, you come up with great ideas. Yeah. And that happens on vacation. Okay. So you relaxed. have to like, I got to write uh, it down. Oh, my I gotta... gosh. <laughs> um, what happens as well is my family tends to sleep in. Ah, okay. And I will sleep in if I can, but okay. sometimes I just wake up. And so like they might be sleeping in on vacation and I'll have my computer and doing something. So you'll still get something yeah. done. And that's I, okay. I will. But you know what? If they've got something to do, I shut it down and we go. That's good. But if I'm waiting for them, I'm not wasting time. That's good. <laughs> All right, well, so I'm enjoying this conversation. I know we could, we've go, been, forever. <laughs> we could go forever. Um, but let's talk about some things. We got some things coming up. And one of the That's things. What happens when you have one <laughs> Right. We're not, so next time I have to have a plan, Bridget. <laughs> we have to have a plan on how we do this. <laughs> you need a lot, an hour for the ladies, and the men get 30 minutes. That's how right. it works. Because they can just get right to the question, right? They just... That's right. <laughs> But anyways, uh, you've got some things coming up yeah. that, that's happening. And yeah. so I really, you know, those people that are listening, I want you to get involved in this. So share what's happening yeah. here in April. You need to be there. Okay. Okay. Because I am never normal. Oh, I do not okay. want to be normal. I don't want to be known <laughs> for normal. I actually want to be known for not being normal. Okay. Um, so we're having the slightly unconventional Michigan Entrepreneur and uh, Entrepreneurial Empowerment and Growth Summit. Ah, I like it. So a, lot yes. of, a lot of empowerment, growth. Yeah. So it sounds good. But it, what are we going to yeah. learn? What's going to happen? We're gonna we're gonna make you cool. <laughs> gonna make you cool. What I see cool. what I see on your list, it sounds like I'm gonna learn how to do hip hop dance. You are gonna learn hip hop. <laughs> I'm gonna do hip hop. You're gonna learn hip hop. You are. You are. No, seriously, this so, is gonna be hip hop. Yep, at this there, event. There but, is gonna be hip hop. <laughs> but what, what that's what, how we do it. But I'm really. Is there yeah. other stuff that's gonna happen? Too? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So <laughs> it is, you know, really about growing your business. Um, being successful, okay. hitting your goals, um, how to do that in the most enjoyable, fun way okay. so that you don't start to resent your business and feel like it's a job, Got it. right? We want to get everybody back on track for okay. 2020 because this is happening April yeah. 25th. Yeah. And, you know, that's about the time when that's people start time. going, okay, I said I was going to do this in January, yeah. and now we're getting towards like halfway through the years. What has happened? And then you start beating yourself up for the stuff you didn't do, exactly. right? So let's just get back on track. Forget about beating yourself up because that's not worth anything. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about mindset, health, self-care, storytelling, okay. books. Yes, like, of We're going to do all of that. Of I have people coming in from all over the country <laughs> really? that Literally. are going to be sharing. Yes. Okay. So it's Texas, not just a local Michigan yep, group. Texas, Colorado, oh, wow. Maryland. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yep. All okay, sorts is, of different places. So where in Michigan is this event going to be? This at? is going to be at St. John's Armenian Church in Southfield. Southfield, okay. Yep. And so it's a half day, and okay. we will feed you. All right, good. Because you always have to have food. <laughs> so we're going to have continental breakfast and then a, a buffet for lunch. Okay. Includes dessert. 
<laughs> and you can have two. I can. You, you, yeah, you won't take it away from me. <laughs> well, let me say this. You know, I, you know, I just want to be clear. Yes. Is you know, I've invited you to behind the grind, and again, you're the first woman. Is See? this open to men too, or this is, just... is open to men? Come on. Y'all you know, because sometimes, come. you know, sometimes you, you, these events happen, and I yeah. see a lot of women having fun. But can men really actually join? And, and do they have Are to participate? Because some of us, that's what I'm getting at. I don't know if I'm going to want to hip hop or not. We kind of it depends kind on how of, I feel. We kind of already <laughs> predicted that the men would be sticking the muds. Um, okay, maybe not. So some do you have an alternative for us? Cool. <laughs> you can stand there and sway. <laughs> Um, it's not going to be no, forever, sure. obviously. Sure. You know, we're not going to hip hop the whole entire sure. time. We'd be sweaty mess. <laughs> um, but yes, it is open to men. One of the things um, earlier on in my business, I actually thought I was going to target just women. Oh, okay. Um, but when I did that, yeah. you know, all, men would just ask about stuff, and then I started hearing mm -hmm. from my clients and from my friends, mm -hmm. why is everything for women? Mm -hmm. Why is everything for women? Mm -hmm. I wish. Well, part of it is because women put stuff together. Yeah. Men usually well, depend yeah. on women to do their stuff. We do. <laughs> yeah, because I remember at church when a man raised his hand to do something, it was the wife who was really organizing it. Okay, that was totally sexist comment, but sorry. Um, that's what happened. And I think women as well feel the need for camaraderie okay. and relationships and connections more often than men okay. do. Like, I, I don't mean that to be sexist, but I think it's just the way that we're wired, okay. that we love that connection. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's why so many events are for women but it's not close to men is what you're but saying but this one is for men and women it okay. is never it is not put out there as a women's only that's also including men <laughs> it, it is a men and women's all entrepreneurial event because i don't want to exclude those men mm -hmm. who feel like they want to have that networking opportunity and ability to meet up with other entrepreneurs around the area okay. men have a lot to share uh, okay. and a different do, right? angle and perspective that yeah. is really important for women, because we can... Okay, now I'll make another sexist comment. Uh -oh. We can be a Hold on, little Vicky, bit dramatic. You want to come back? We can, we can be a little dramatic sometimes. <laughs> we can be a little sensitive sometimes. Yeah. And we can be a little, you know, and sometimes it's good for the men to go, wait a minute. Yeah. What is the real issue here? What is the actual thing we're talking about? Yes. Because we're not really talking about that. We're talking right. about this. Right. Right? At least that's what I do. Right. I'm not going to speak for all women, but that's what I do. And my husband hates it. Poor guy. Is he coming? No, no, I don't let him come to my events. I actually don't <laughs> let him come to my... Okay, one last thing. He told me when I started doing events, he's Bye. like, I want to be the MC. You should let him. He's like, I want to be the MC. He does this thing for baseball. I know we were trying to talk about sports, but he does this thing for baseball. You know how they... And the next batter yeah. is... And you know how it echoes yeah. is who's, who's a baseball guy? Well, who's I don't... I'm not a big baseball person, but I don't Cabrera? know. Cabrera? Okay, we'll go with them. What's his first name? Is it, in the Mikhail? audience, do we know Mikhail? any baseball players? Cabrera? Mikhail? Cabrera. Miguel. 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 Miguel Cabrera. So he does this we thing. We do have said, an audience, y'all, by, by the way. Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> and he does this thing at home, and it's like, I can't do it. But the kids die laughing, and he's like, I need to be your MC. I'm like, not if you want to do he, that. I think you should add that element. I think that would give it a little no, spice, no, a little no, no. variety. You, you know what? Mike, I am I'm, not I'm, nervous I'm, in front of anybody. <laughs> I can say anything, do interviews, whatever. I'm not nervous in front of anybody. I don't want him to hear me say anything. 
<laughs> oh, no. so it's you. You it's don't me. want him to hear you. I don't you. want oh, him there. So the truth is coming out. Yeah. Oh. Hey, we all have our stuff, right? <laughs> we all have our things about not enoughness, worthiness, deservedness, judgment. Yeah, okay. He is my, I don't uh, want to be judged by okay. you. Okay, but he's looking out for you. He's a sweetheart. Yes, you just no, don't want to hear it. He can't come. He's <laughs> not coming. All right, but that's fair enough. He can but... tote my stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but he can't come inside. <laughs> that's fair enough well vicky it has been a pleasure i am so glad that you you decided to come today yeah. um how can you know so of course i know there's going to be a lot of people that uh, are listening to you for the very first time got a lot of questions of course they're doing their research they want to know about you how do they find you you know we do it right <laughs> how can they find you yeah so my website is vickygould.com you just have to spell it right okay v-i-c-k-i-e yeah you have to spell g-o-u-l-d there you go dot com there you go yeah my daughter has a very long name, and she says, you know what, it's so, you, you're just so lucky because you have a short name. Yeah. I'm like, just because it's short doesn't mean people know how to spell it. V-I-K-K-I, V-I-K-I, V-I-C-K-Y, V-I-C, okay, and I just confused everybody. V-I-C-K-I-E, G-O-U-L-D.com. Okay. Um, and if you just type Vicki Gould in Google, you'll find Twitter, Facebook, like you'll find everything. So you'll it find will my pop articles, up. you'll okay. find different podcasts, telesummits, and all that stuff there. Go on there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And before we go, what uh, what are you reading these days? What's a good book for us? Oh my gosh, what am I reading? My clients' books. Oh, That's really? all I got time That's... for these days. This is my clients' books. It's so funny people ask me that all the time. <laughs> You're like, like, I can't read anybody else's books. I don't I have time read, for anything else. I read all these number one bestsellers. Exactly. I just finished one. I just got another literally in my inbox wow. this morning. Well, what was the last number one big, uh, bestseller book that you just um, helped oh someone Oh my God. Oh, what? The, the bestseller that I helped The last one. Oh, 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 that was Deanne Joyce. Okay. And that was The Last Love Letter. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But the last book that I read was, oh, gosh, it was about the, the word no. Uh, and I can't uh-huh. think of the name. And it was, <laughs> it was written by an FBI um, hostage negotiator. Really? Yep. It was really, really interesting. It was about <laughs> how to get people to say yes to you. And one more thing, too. How many number one bestsellers have you coached through so far? A hundred. One hundred. Yep. See some something like a big deal. One hundred and one <laughs> should be coming out um, oh, on Monday. So you literally have a hundred. I thought you were just yeah, saying roundabout. No, so you have no. 100, a hundred. Literally one hundred. And one hundred one is coming out. One hundred one is coming out on Monday. One hundred two nice. is coming out. Uh, oh, so you- <laughs> uh, ten days from that, and then there's a couple in there that like they keep sliding their yeah, date. Tisk um, tisk. But they keep sliding their date, and then the one that came in my inbox probably is going to be out in October. Awesome. So, well, yeah. again, it was a pleasure. I had a good time. Me I don't, too. I don't know if you did, but I did. More girls, more girls. <laughs> and I just want to say this was not planned. Yeah. We, it looks like we, we you are know. cool. <laughs> we are the coolest ever. But our colors here, for some we reason, are the coolest last ever. few guests, we've just been kind of connecting. But, anyways. That is it today. You know, we had a good time, great conversation on Behind the Grind. So um, is there anything, last thing you want to say before we go? Oh, there's or? a lot. I can okay, well, say, hold on, Vicki. We, we will have no time for that. <laughs> All right, so we, we trust that you will continue to like, comment, share, tell everybody about the Behind the Grind. And if you're new to this, please subscribe. So until then, the next time we'll be here on Behind the Grind. <laughs>